The pressure to lose weight can seem ever present in our lives. With quick fixes and weight loss solutions advertised to us regularly, you might be considering trying one of those weight loss plans that sounds so promising. But before you give in to the marketing hype and start a new diet, you should understand the impact dieting can have on your bone health. I'm your host, Krista Lamb, and today on Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada, I'll be talking with Dr. Andrea Joss. Andrea is an assistant professor in the School of Kinesiology and Health Science at York University. Welcome to the show, Dr. Joss. Thank you very much for having me, Krista. Well, we are so excited to talk to you because this is something that a lot of people don't realize about bone health. So I wanted to start off by asking you if you can tell me a little bit of the difference between making a dietary change and going on a diet, like a fad or a crash diet. What's the difference between the two? So that's a really good question, Krista. Essentially, we're talking about two very different things. We're talking about adopting potentially a long-term lifestyle change, which is done usually over a longer period of time. It's small changes that lead to potentially larger changes over time versus this notion of a fad diet or a crash diet, which is something where it usually happens quite quickly. You make an extreme dietary change and you know it has a specific purpose and a specific time in one's life. There are also differences between both of those with respect to health, which I think is something that we're probably going to be discussing. But generally speaking, they say that, you know, the notion of the fad or the crash diet, it's not really a sustainable lifestyle change. So that's the big difference between the two. One of them, you're trying to achieve a sustainable change over time that you can live with, which is healthy. And the other one is potentially unhealthy and can have deleterious effects on the body, both physiologically as well as psychologically. And if I can just add to sometimes these crash diets or, you know, these extreme dietary changes, uh, they're not always backed by science. So that's also something to consider. And I think it's really interesting because for a lot of us, we've heard all the time that you know, losing weight is a positive thing. It's something that we should strive for and that excess weight is an issue. So then to think about a diet as a negative thing, I think that's a real shift in perspective for some people. Why do you think it's so important that we understand that there's this difference? Well, I think for the most part that people need to also understand about this in the context of the fact that we all eat every day. And so we all have some type of a diet that we're following or a dietary pattern rather that we're following. And so it just depends on how we use that to best affect our health is I think the big difference here. And I think there's a lot of different diets that people go on. I always hear people they're talking about, I'm going keto or I'm going to be trying intermittent fasting. And there's so many examples of these different diets. Are there some that are more concerning than others or some that could have more negative effects on your health? Yeah, that's a good question. And I would say, yes, absolutely. That's the case. And, you know, it just brings me back to this notion of the extreme dietary changes that people would adopt. And this could be anything from, you know, cutting the calories dramatically to cutting out a whole food group, uh, like dairy foods, for example, cutting our carbohydrates really, really down. All of this in various ways can affect our bodies. 
And so there are definitely some ways in which we can go on a particular dietary pattern or diet to help lose body weight slowly over time, which again would be what I would recommend versus, you know, these other types of diets. You mentioned the ketogenic diet, and that is definitely one where there is an extreme dietary change that needs to happen. They require one to drop carbohydrates down to about 5% of energy. And that's really difficult to do for a lot of people. In fact, a lot of people that do go on a ketogenic diet don't actually achieve for a longer period of time that level of carbohydrate intake. It's very difficult. And if we think about the origins of the ketogenic diet, really it was designed for individuals who had epilepsy and it was a way to really help control their epilepsy. And so of course, if you have, you know, a situation like that or a disease like that, you're more likely to, you know, do your best to follow a diet like that. But for the most part, for most people, it's really difficult to follow. So while the ketogenic diet would or does produce weight loss in a lot of people, it's definitely not, I would say, a sustainable lifestyle change. And the problem with that is that usually, you know, people just can't stay on it for a long time. As soon as they start to reintroduce carbohydrate into their diet, then, you know, their body just starts gaining weight over again. But also to realize that, you know, you need to ask yourself whether even a reduction in body weight is going to improve your health. There are many aspects of health, uh, health from a holistic standpoint that we need to think about in general. And so it's not just about weight on the scale. There's a lot of other factors that we can think of to better our lifestyle and to better our health. And these extreme patterns, I don't think, you know, fit as nicely into that. And I was really interested to learn that some of these extreme patterns can actually have an impact on our bone health. And so I would love it if you could explain some of the ways that that can impact your bone health if you're doing things like yo-yo dieting or taking on these really extreme diets. Right. So I would definitely say that these fad diets or crash diets or these extreme dietary changes can be associated with negative effects, especially over the long term. So I'm a physiologist, so let me explain and contextualize some of what I'm talking about with respect to these negative effects. So from a physiologic perspective, we think about the scenario of yo-yo dieting, as you mentioned. And so this is this idea of the fact that you go on and off of a short-term diet, like a yo-yo would go up and down essentially. And so your weight ends up fluctuating. So when we lose weight, primarily by energy restriction, which is by far obviously the most common way that people do lose weight, we tend to lose this mix of fat and muscle. So around 70% is lost as fat and about 30% is lost as muscle or lean mass. And of course, there's a little bit of bone that's lost in there too. Then when we stop dieting or when we stop restricting, we usually gain a fair bit of the weight back and sometimes even more. And unfortunately, what we're seeing is that most of what we end up gaining back ends up being fat mass as opposed to lean mass or even bone. So here we are in this particular situation where we may be at the same weight as we were before we went on the diet, but our body composition has drastically changed. So we have less muscle and more fat. And every time we go on and off this diet, this can happen to some extent and it gets much worse. So it's like this vicious cycle that we tend to undergo. So of course, this is the opposite of what we want. 
we want to hold on to our muscle mass and our bone and just lose our fat. And so these fat and extreme diets can worsen this paradigm over time. And this can definitely lead to increased metabolic health issues and lower bone mass. So I just want to say that it's not all a uh, doom and gloom situation. I think that we can adopt a healthy, balanced eating pattern that works for the individual in particular. So we have to definitely consider, you know, what individuals uh, want to do and that can produce weight loss more slowly over time and something that's more sustainable rather than one of these crash diets, which we know can lead to yo-yo dieting. So as an example of maybe what I would suggest or what I would tell people with respect to losing weight is I generally like to advocate for a dietary pattern that's high in protein, uh, maybe with a little bit lower in carbohydrate, a little bit lower in grains, full of fruits, full of vegetables, legumes and beans, etc. So this is this nutrient dense diet, this high fiber diet that's high in volume and potentially lower in energy. I also suggest that people do consume a certain amount of dairy products, generally due to their high protein and macronutrient content within these dairy products. Because we know that calcium and protein, vitamin D, the other micronutrients are highly beneficial to our musculoskeletal health. So for that reason, I do suggest that while people are going on a weight loss diet, that they do incorporate some dairy foods. But again, we can get these nutrients from other sources if dairy is not what you choose to eat. That's all right as well. Lastly, while we restrict energy, I think it's also really important for our bones too to increase our physical activity levels. So it's this notion of this sustainable long-term dietary change along with physical activity. And that I would say would lead to a healthier and more sustainable weight loss that's beneficial for our bones. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point, but let's sort of turn it around. Cause I think a lot of people listening may be in this position where they feel like they need to lose some excess weight. Their healthcare provider has agreed, you know, it's probably a good idea to take some weight off. What are some of the suggestions for healthy ways that they can do that without compromising their bone health? So I think as I had mentioned previously, I think the best way to do this is to try and adopt a lifestyle change that is sustainable for these individuals. So that could include some dietary change and it could include some exercise as well. Now, in terms of dietary change for bones specifically, a focus on ensuring that even with calories that are cut, so even with reducing caloric intake, you are still able to consume these nutrients that are supportive for bone. So Again, I come back to this notion of dairy products, just by virtue of the fact that, you know, they are nutrient dense, they contain a lot of the particular nutrients within a single serving of what we would need to be protective for our bones. So calcium, protein, a lot of other micronutrients as well. And so going on a dietary program to help with weight loss while having those nutrients would be a good idea to do with respect to bone and exercise too. We know that exercise is very beneficial for our bones for several different reasons. So some type of loading or impact exercise would be useful to try and help preserve our bone while we're undergoing weight loss. But I would say adopting these dietary patterns that are extreme 
would be difficult with respect to ensuring bone health. And I think it's really interesting. We talk a lot on the show about different dietary factors, and there's always this misunderstanding about good foods and bad foods and what is a healthy food. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I think a lot of people struggle with this. And I'm sure marketing is a part of the problem because we look at what's a good food, what's a bad food. And so I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about that in the context. Yeah, so that's definitely an interesting one. And I've spoken to several dietitians recently about that, actually, particularly in the context of pediatric nutrition, but it certainly applies here as well. Most of the dietitians I've spoken to don't necessarily agree with this classification of healthy versus unhealthy foods because they feel like it praises or it vilifies certain foods, which comes with all sorts of issues. So definitely, I feel like with positive thinking and forward thinking, we should be not necessarily classifying our foods as healthy versus unhealthy, because we should be able to indulge and enjoy our foods. And we don't want to vilify the particular foods that we eat or put negative connotations towards unhealthy foods, you know, everything in moderation. However, I think it's important that we know the facts about the nutrient content uh, in the particular foods that we eat or lack thereof, right? And, you know, there may be a content of some unhealthy nutrients per se, or some nutrients rather that are associated with negative health outcomes, which is why one may label a food as unhealthy. But I think that it's on a continuum, certainly. And I thought it was interesting that you spoke about working with pediatrics, because I was curious, is this issue with dieting something that you see a lot in younger people, or is it something that's across the spectrum? And if someone starts having this yo-yo diet experience when they're younger, is that going to have a longer impact on their health? So those are just some of the thoughts that I had as you were talking about pediatrics. No, that's a good question too. I, I mean, I think that people have thoughts about dieting all across the age spectrum. You know, I think there are certain periods in people's lives where they may think about it a bit more than others. Certainly where it's about kids really, really young talking about dieting and thinking about dieting. And often they get these ideas from maybe the environment that they could be in, like perhaps parents are speaking about dieting or things of that nature. And so we really have to be cognizant about what we say in that regard around our kids. But, you know, I do find that in terms of the particular times in people's lives where dieting thoughts tend to prevail, it's more so in adolescence, like around puberty, you know, that age when both males and females actually, uh, probably more so in females, but certainly, you know, the bodies are changing and that can lead to perhaps some negative thoughts about food. Certainly in adults, as we get into our heavy jobs and our work, you know, we're not able to be as active as we once were, that type of thing. And so, you know, lives just get so busy. So we're thinking about dying. And then also in older adulthood, particularly in women around menopause age, again, when our bodies start to change, this is also when, from my experience, I find that women think about dieting. These are definitely thoughts that span across the lifespan. And bone health is of crucial importance at all those different points 
in pediatrics specifically. So I think that it's definitely something to think about in that younger age group to ensure that kids are consuming adequate nutrients to ensure that they reach that peak bone mass when they're younger and they don't have, you know, these thoughts about dieting and what to eat and what not to eat that could impact their bones or we do whatever we can to help them through that phase for sure. So interesting. And so before we wrap up, because it is almost time to let you go, I wanted to find out if there's anything else that you thought we should mention during this that would be important to people who might be considering making some dietary changes and things that they might want to think about in regard to their bone health. I think I just wanted to leave people with thoughts about the fact that ensuring that while one is adopting some type of uh, diet or exercise program, that they're able to do so in a sustainable way, and that it doesn't wreak havoc on their lifestyle. I think that's the most important factor here. We want to do things slowly, and you want to be able to sustain the change. And we want to try or I think that we should try and avoid these crash diets or these fad diets as much as possible. Because I think we're only setting ourselves up for failure if we do that. We won't feel good while we're on them and we're not going to be able to sustain it in the long run. Now, with that also said, with respect to bone health, I think whenever one is adopting a dietary program or a lifestyle change or anything like that, we should always be thinking about the nutrients that we should be having in our diet to preserve our bones. We know osteoporosis is a big issue and it affects an awful lot of individuals as we get older. And so, you know, the truth is it only comes out when we're older, but there's a lot that we can do when we're younger to ensure that we reach that older state or that older age with the best possible bone mass that we can have. And it starts when we're young. So thinking about our bones and thinking about the nutrients we should consume, no matter what other foods we eat is an important point. And the last point I just wanted to mention about weight loss is, you know, we should think about our goals. I know everyone, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people just want to lose weight. That's just on their mind all the time. But a good quality of life and good health doesn't necessarily relate to weight loss. And so I think it's important to put those two together. And if you're able to have a healthy body and a healthy mind, and consume the right amount of nutrients to sustain that in your body, then I think you're doing pretty well. Excellent. And I think that that is very good advice and very wise words for us to end on. So thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone for listening. I'm Krista Lamb, and you've been listening to Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. Today, I've been speaking with Dr. Andrea Joss about dieting and bone health. If you'd like more information on osteoporosis, visit our website at osteoporosis.ca. If you have questions or comments about this topic or about our podcast, reach out to us on our website or via social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Enjoying the show? Hit subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice. Thanks for listening.